Good morning and welcome to the Marcus Today pre-market podcast. My name is Henry Jennings. It is Monday the 24th of April and as usual with all the information contained in this podcast, it is general advice only. So please do your own research, contact your own financial advisor regarding any of the thoughts, ideas or insights in this podcast. All right, well let's head on over as always to the scores on the doors and they weren't very... um, particularly volatile session once again in the US. We had the Dow Jones up 22 points, or a James Bond, 0.07% higher, 33,809 points there from the Dow. Uh, We also saw a very, very narrow trading range again. Up 72 was the high, down 98 was the low. So 170 point trading range. So things still remaining very quiet in the US as far as volatility goes, despite earnings season continuing. NASDAQ was up 0.11, 13 points, 12,072. And the S&P 500 was up 5 points, or 0.11% as well, 41.35. The VIX volatility index down 16.77, down to 16.77, down 2.3%, so nothing shaking there either on the uh, the volatility side of things, but unlikely to on a Friday. I have to say no one wants to hold option premium over two days of no trade. We have got ASX SPY futures close Saturday morning down 8 points or 0.11%. So again, nothing very exciting in store for us today. And many will have taken the day off today, I suspect. As a result, we've got Anzac Day, of course, tomorrow. So the four-day weekend was in store for many. European stocks slightly firmer. Stock 600 up 0.3. FTSE up 0.15. Germany up 0.5. France up 0.5 as well. Looking at US stocks, Apple was down 1%. Meta down 0.08%. Google up 0.1%. Microsoft down 0.12%. We had Amazon doing well up 3%, Tesla up 1.3%, finishing the week a little bit firmer. Netflix up 0.8%, US banks going nowhere, JP Morgan down 0.2%, Citigroup down 0.8%, Goldman Sachs up 0.9%, Bank of America down 0.1%, Wells Fargo down 1%, and Block, the artist formerly known as Square, was up 1.8%. UBS used to be smart in Europe, was down 1.2%, and Deutsche down 0.2%, Barclays down 0.8% of a percent. ExxonMobil in the US was up 0.3%, General Motors unchanged, and we had Walmart up half a percent there. Nothing very exciting. In commodities on Friday, we had Brent crude up 1.1%, 0.9% of a percent to 81 76.9 of a dollar rather, 90 cents, 81.76. WTI up nearly 60 cents or 0.76%. 77.81. Gold slipped uh, 1.1%, $21.40, back down to 19.82. We did see US 10 year yields push higher, 3.568. Two years, 4.18. As a result, the US dollar index 
was down slightly, 0.02. The Aussie dollar, though, 0.7% uh, easier, 66.90 there. Bitcoin falling uh, to 27,356, down 3%. Platinum, they're up, actually, up 2.8%, and silver down 1%. So a little bit of pressure to come today on the gold sector. A little bit of pressure, I suspect, as well on the commodity space. In fact, quite a lot of pressure on the commodity space. LME copper was down 1%, nickel down 2.5%, aluminium down 1%, zinc down 1.7%, lead up 0.5%, and tin down 2.02%. Iron ore slipping, sliding away, down 1.75% to 117 US dollars a ton, and Dalian iron ore futures down 2.4%. Lithium continues to slip a little bit, down 2.7%. But the big news, of course, on uh, Saturday morning uh, was news coming out from Chile on moves from the Chilean president. Uh, he was talking about nationalizing the lithium industry in Chile, but not affecting existing contracts. Of course, Arbamile and SQM are the biggest players in that sector. Chile is the second biggest exporter and producer of lithium in the world so it does have some implications for the mining sector to say the least and we'll get on to that and I have written about some of that today in Henry's take the implications for sovereign risk and what that means for Australian producers which don't have anywhere near the same sovereign risk unless you're of course you're a coal miner in Queensland Commodity stocks overseas, BHP down another 3.2% in ADR terms. Rio down 4% in ADR terms, so not looking too flash in that space. Freeport McMoran down 4.1%. Alcoa down 5.2%. Tech, of course, under uh, takeover threat at the moment from Glencore, down 2% for tech. Anglo-American down nearly 6%. Glencore down 22 Vale down 3.1 and Arbamile, this was the big loser on the back of that news coming out of Chile, was down 10%. We had SQM as well taking it pretty hard in Chile as well. Uh, they fell around, uh, I think it was around 20, 18% uh, on the back of that news on Friday. So SQM, of course. Uh, that's the uh, the big Chilean lithium producer, 18% down for them. Looking at uh, the rest of the market today, it does look as if we're going to be a little bit easier. Certainly those commodity stocks are looking easier. And, uh, of course, not much happening in the banking sector. And as far as the U.S. goes, it was uh, the first solid week of U.S. reports, but it did end with a bit of a whimper. Um, the Dow falling 44 points on Dow Futures on Sunday night. So a little bit of weakness still creeping into the narrative uh, for the start of the week. 76% of the S&P 500 companies reporting earnings so far have beaten analyst earnings per share estimates. First quarter earnings for S&P 500 companies are estimated to decline an overall 5.2%. It does appear that analysts may be a little bit too pessimistic and we are seeing some beats to those on the results. We do get Coca-Cola and Credit Suisse are set to report earnings Monday. Credit Suisse, of course, now a part of UBS. And Whirlpool and First Republic 
announcing their results after the session on Monday. Bed Bath & Beyond has filed for bankruptcy protection and asked the courts for permission to auction its assets. So that's interesting. And in economic data on Friday, a broad-based measure of inflation expectations in the US compiled by the Federal Reserve fell last quarter to its lowest level in almost two years. The Index of Common Inflation Expectations stood at 2.22, three little ducks, 2.22% at the end of last quarter, down from 2.31. Well, it's not a huge fall, but it is a fall, the lowest level since June 30, 2021, where it was 2.18. One of the big hitters on the economic front, uh, Goldman Sachs' David Costin, uh, one of the big hitting analysts there, said it's clear where investors should be putting their money. China exposed mining stocks. Obviously, the market didn't get that particular memo. We upgrade the material sector from underweight to neutral. Wow, that is conviction. We downgrade consumer durables and apparel, which includes home builders and has recently outperformed. They are now neutral. Energy trades at a discounted valuation and remains our preferred cyclical overweight. So he's saying that the U.S. economy, uh, the uncertainty there is um, real. Whereas the Chinese GDP growth, he's expecting to see 6% in 2023, which is above consensus. So that's obviously a bit of a tailwind for the mining sector, those exposed to that mining. But as I say, it didn't appear that the rest of the mining and the mining stocks got that memo on Friday. As far as local news today goes, the big news, I guess, and uh, part of the Harry Kane approach uh, Harry's not in very good form at the moment, but the IVC bid, that's Invocare from TPG, uh, has been uh, pulled. TPG is walking away from their bid at the moment. Uh, they still have 19.9% of the company, so it remains to be seen what they do with that. Of course, they spent $360 million buying nearly 20% of the company before lobbying a bid. Uh, the market has been discounting the success of that bid, and the board of IVC has been very keen to point out that it grossly undervalues the funeral business that they have. So um, we'll see how that one pans out uh, for IVC Invocate this morning. Blue Scope Steel has guided second half underlying EBIT 700 to 770 million. Prior guidance was 480 rather. 550 million. So that's some good news there for that one. Medicare Private has been downgraded to neutral from overweight at JP Morgan. Woodside upgraded to neutral from underweight at JP Morgan. Centuria Capital initiated outperform at Macquarie. Index has completed the acquisition of a 40% interest in Crux for 6.5 million in cash. Uh, Mesoblast according to the Australian Financial Review, today is looking to raise yet more money. It's just a money machine for brokers and investment banks, the Mesoblast story. They're looking to raise another $37 million at $0.85. There we go. The company has unused placement capacity of $90 million, apparently. Uh, We also see Midway has issued a market update H2 export volumes expected to be slightly lower than H1 export volumes there. Global pulp prices have begun to fall from highs recently reached early in 2023, and there has been rising pulp and paper stocks at Chinese ports 
due to lower than expected global trading activity. And Gold Road has reported Q1 gold production on a 100% basis, 82,604 ounces last quarter, 74,201 ounces. And Orcorp has reported Q3 net cash from operating earnings, operating activities, was a loss of $3.4 million. Well, that's about it. I am on CNBC this afternoon at 1.20 with a bit of a chat about some of the lithium stocks in light of what's going on in Chile. And uh, also, I will be uh, interviewing today uh, Peter Gray from Zip Money, or Zip, Z-I-P, for another On the Couch session. So I'm really looking forward to chatting to Peter Uh, It's good of him to spare us the time to talk about that one. But that's it from me. Thanks very much. Question of the day today. This is prompted by one member's email this morning to me. How do you know when to sell? For me, selling is a far more important um, action than buying. Anyone can buy, but it uh, takes certainly a lot more skill, I think, to know when to sell or even if to sell. So what is your um, target price? What is your methodology, I guess, for selling a holding, whether it's a stop loss on a loss, of course, or whether it's a question of a trailing stop loss on profits. How do you manage your positions with regards to selling? Love to hear your thoughts and ideas on that. And of course, we'll be back again this afternoon with the end of day. In the meantime, as always, may the trading gods be with you. <laughs>